the north wind leaves the sea. This isn't helpful. Welcome back to the Christ in Culture. This is Gordon. And this is Clint. And how you doing, Clint? Good. I've been obsessing over the last 24 hours over what we are uh, about to talk about. We just give it away. We're going to be talking about it the whole time anyways. We're going to be talking about the new Frozen 2 movie. Frozen 1. What? The only Frozen movie. Oh, well, Gordon hates Frozen 1. This is Frozen 1. It's the only Frozen we ever needed. Okay. Well, it is great. I think it's better than Frozen 1. Yes. You obviously think it's better than Frozen 1. Do you think we needed Frozen 1? I don't know if we were ready for Frozen <laughs> Frozen Frozen 1 was the uh, the warm-up. Frozen 1 was for the kids. No, I, I do think that there is value to Frozen 1, and I think specifically something that I want to talk about later on in this show, where Frozen 2 kind of like... Uh, not mocks, but the, the characters recognize their development since Frozen 1, and I think that's important. We could have done that in a short, though. Just like a short to intro into Frozen 2. Could have, but we didn't. Uh, but we didn't. But we didn't. But last episode, I actually said something that you didn't hear because your ears were closed about this movie. Cue in oh. sound reference from last episode. <laughs> As far as I'm, I'm concerned, it's it's kind of a Moana story, so I don't know how much I like it. Oh, yeah. I agree. And so, like, I love Moana, and I think that's why it works. It's because it's frozen with, like, a Moana story with more characters. But the fact that it is a Moana story also, like, makes me like it a little less than the original take because it's, like, a kind of, almost a copy not quite like it's it's different but it's very similar in this like calling reluctant to the call answering the call etc etc have you started the class that we were doing that free online class I did the first video not the intro video the actual first video okay so i think that that video actually addresses this issue though because he gives us those three qualities that all good adventures have right and so i think the reason why a lot of stories can start to seem repetitive in that is because we do desire those three characteristics. So for those of you who are not taking the Adventure of Discipleship course that we told you to by Dr. Daniel Keating, in the, in the very first video of the class, he gave three qualities that all great adventures that we love share. So the first one is a true adventure is not our own making. It is real. It's not contrived. It's not something that we make up. It's something that something outside of us calls us to. It's usually unexpected. Unexpected journey, Bilbo, blah, blah, blah. The second characteristic is a true adventure concerns matters of great significance. So obviously we'll be talking about that too, but both stories have world ending causes if, if something doesn't work out. Right. And then the third one, the last one, a true adventure is full of trials, setbacks, perplexities, and suffering. And so, I mean, those are the three main characteristics that they share. And it's like this calling of something outside of ourselves. That's what you're focusing on. The first one. So I, I thought of that too. And I, part of me was kind of hesitant, but I was like, no, like that's what a good story is. It's something that calls us beyond ourselves. Yeah. I, th- and I, uh, I, l- I love the movie. I, th- yeah. I like it better than Moana personally um i I like it better than moana but yikes i think my issue is just those movies being so close together like Like chronologically in the release of yeah yeah yeah. like if if moana was like a few years older and this came out then i could make that correlation but like not feel so like moana just so fresh yeah that this this retelling of the same story is like eh, but it's so good so yeah i would say there's general principles that are the same 
And for the record, guys, huge spoilers. Like, there's going to be massive spoilers in this episode. So if you haven't yeah. seen it yet, you might want to go watch it beforehand. I would definitely not listen to this episode. And I usually don't want to say something like that because this is our podcast and you should listen to us. But because yeah. we're awesome. I would hate for this movie to be spoiled in any way because it's so good. Yeah. But it also just makes sense because we're in December and we're about to part ways going yeah. home for, for Christmas. And this is kind of like a solid christmas narrative of like adventure and family mm-hmm. and love and ice and snow and snowmen everything nice <laughs> yeah and i i think this video or this episode would be too like, it wouldn't be worth doing if we couldn't spoil stuff because there's so much good that needs to be spoiled in order for us to yeah. like have this good conversation on it so go check it out it's already one of the top grossing it's actually they got sued in korea what? Yeah, because of this movie. Why? Because they broke Monopoly laws by playing it in too many theaters in South Korea. <laughs> what? Like, it's a law, it's a South Korean law. That's crazy. That you can only play so many theaters, and they played it in so many that they actually made it harder on some Korean films to be shown. Hmm. And so in South Korea, wow. sued Disney. Did they win? Most likely, yeah. Because it's a but government. They Disney can, do they can just pay them what they want. Yeah, I mean. And they do it money. again next movie. That's wild. So, with this movie, we're just going to jump right in. We're not going to do the current media just because there's so much stuff we want to talk about. We're just going to let that go. Let it go. And <laughs> do this one. That was nice. <laughs> so, we, we still have the same four main characters. I guess five ish right so we have Anna and Elsa who are the the sisters right at this point Elsa is now the queen of Arendelle mm-hmm. it's six months later I think it's wow. it's fall so sure. spring was coming when the last movie ended so I think this is about six months later so things are good we have Kristoff so Kristoff and Sven. Anna have been dating yeah. yep Sven and then we have Olaf the snowman so those are our kind of main characters carrying over so if you haven't seen Frozen 1, those are your people to know. And we'll kind of go into some some of that. But before we even get to that six months later, the movie actually starts off with Anna and Elsa as little girls, just like in the, the original, actually. So we see them as, as really little. They're hanging out in their, their bedroom, and their parents come in, and their dad tells them a story. Before we even get into that, you notice the Anna, like little girl Anna character is just like obsessed with love and relationships and marriage at that age. Well, yeah. Yeah. And and one of the things kind of stood out to me, she says in that conversation, they're they're talking about like danger in the story and everything. And one of the things she says is who cares about danger when there's love kind of a a simple phrase, but any thoughts on that? That's so funny. Uh, yeah. So me and Lizzie were praying this morning, actually. And we were praying with a scripture from Romans. And it's the letter where he says, shoot, I can't think of it. I'm going to look this up. Can I look this up? Yeah. Let's just pause it there. No, we'll just keep it going. I know. <laughs> Cut scene. Do, 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 do. Do, do, do. <laughs> do, 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 do. Do, do, do. Watch Disney sue us for singing their song. It's free advertising, Disney. You should be paying us. Where the north wind meets the sea, there's a river full of memory. Okay, yeah. And we were praying with Romans 8. I think 31 is the first verse. I had to go and find it. But it's the one that says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Yeah. He said, he did not spare his own life, his, his own son, but gave him up for us. Will he not also along with him graciously give all those things? Who then is the one who condemns? Who then is the one who separates us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? Because no, all those things were more, are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And it made me think, because this is a, it's a book for like engaged couples, but it made me think of, I, I kind of changed love of God for like marriage and the sacrament, but you can say the same for just love in general. That the answer for who condemns us, who separates us from the love of God, who does this is the enemy mm-hmm. or danger or like stress. These these things that are not of beauty, good and truth, but things that do exist because of a broken world. 
But none of that matters because even in the midst of something that seems like it's going to separate a couple or seems like something that's going to break love or this promise, mm-hmm. love still exists. And because of the death on the cross, because he is now resurrected to the right hand of the Father and is interceding for us, we will prevail if we trust that, even in the midst of persecution, the midst of danger. Yeah. I mean, that's the exact line. I didn't remember what it was either, but that's the line I was thinking of too, because we say this all the time, but God is love. And so it's so easy in these situations to be able to just throw God instead of the word love into those lines. So who cares about danger when there's God? And it's just this idea that exactly what you're saying, what, what do we have to be afraid of if God's on our side? But that's, I mean, it's not to say to go out and be reckless though. And like put oh, yourself right. in intentional danger just because you're like, God's on my side so I can stand in front of this moving vehicle. Yeah. But at the same time, it's the whole like, be not afraid. Because like, regardless if something dangerous does come about or something bad does happen, there is hope because even if something dangerous happens in this life, there's hope because there's a world beyond that right. we're, we're made for. Yep. That's just a, a small part. So he starts, t- the father starts telling Anna and Elsa a story about when he, he grew up. And so he and his dad, so Anna and Elsa's grandfather, went to the northernmost part of the kingdom where there was a kind of a, a natives, I guess, would be the best way to describe them. Yeah. They're called the Northoldra. And so the Northoldra people he described how they interacted with the four spirits fire, air, water, and earth. The Avatar. Everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. I still want to do an episode on that too. <laughs> and he starts talking about how they were able to do amazing things with the powers of those spirits. And he explains they weren't magical. They just took advantage of the gift, is what he said. Yeah, so they're, because they're natives, like like Clint said, they were natives to this forest. And this forest is the one that harnessed these spirits of the four elements of nature. And because they, they're in harmony with the forest, the forest was willing to give them the ability to take advantage of those spirits. Yeah, and I was thinking about this in regards to confirmation in a way. Mm. Maybe this because I was just talking about this with Chris and my teens in confirmation last weekend. But the gifts of confirmation or the gifts that we receive from the Holy Spirit, the seven gifts, those things were all given within confirmation. But many of us choose not to use them. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a common idea when kind of speaking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit to confirmation students and just talking to them about a gift doesn't matter if you don't open it and you don't use it. And that's kind of what it's talking about here too. They weren't magical. There's nothing special about these people in regards to the way that they could, they couldn't do any of these things. It wasn't their power, but they were given these gifts and they, they took advantage of those and they actually used them that were given to them by the spirits, which obviously is a direct analogy Mm -hmm. to god maybe not intentionally but it is (laughs) yeah so he came to visit these people with his father and some soldiers they talked about there was this bridge that the people of arenel built for the the north older people and they were coming to celebrate the creation of this bridge and while they were up there uh, they were celebrating and all of a sudden fighting broke out and their father says no one knows who started it or where it came from but all of a sudden people were just fighting and when that happened, he heard a voice, and then the there's like a fog that comes in, a mist, I think is what they call it, comes in over the forest and pushed him out, and someone rescued him because he was like knocked unconscious. He has no idea who it is, but he heard this voice, he was rescued, and everyone else was trapped inside. And that was the last he had seen of any of them. And that's where that part kind of ends. Yeah. But then their mother sings them a, kind of a lullaby song, which is awesome. We are talking before. something. <laughs> the sea. Yeah, so this is, this is an awesome lullaby song. She sings them uh, as they kind of fall asleep. So we want to go through basically all the songs of this, this movie because there's so much good stuff. So we'll kind of go through here really quickly, but this is a huge part of the movie and kind of lays out the whole premise of everything that comes from here. So it goes like this. Where the north wind meets the sea, there's a river full of memory. And that's something that we're, we play off of a lot, that water has memory. That'll come up later. Oh, too. yeah. 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 <laughs> Sleep, my darling, safe and sound, for in this river all is found. In her waters deep and true, 
lie the answers in a path for you. Dive down deep into her sound, but not too far, or you'll be drowned. Yes, she will sing to those who will hear, and in her song all magic flows, but can you brave what you most fear? Can you face what the river knows? Where the north wind meets the sea, there's a mother full of memory. Come, my darling, homeward bound, when all is lost, then all is found. I was talking to Annie about this mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. And uh, we think there's a, first off, there's a lot to this. But one of the things I think there is to this is the idea of baptism. That's what I was thinking. Oh my gosh, sweet. I was going to say there's like multiple ways you can, you can try to take this because it speaks about a her. Sure. But because of the water, it makes you think of baptism in the church. Yeah, for sure. And it talks about, especially that, that last line, when all is lost, then all is found. It's right. kind of the paradox of it's when we die to ourselves in mm-hmm. baptism mm-hmm. that we find life. And it, it, it's kind of that same paradox. But then even the line before that, come my darling, homeward bound. It's this idea of when you do this, you will truly be home. And not only that, it talks about finding the answers to yourself the path that is made for you. And so it's this idea that through baptism, you find your true self, you are called home, and you will truly understand what you were made for. Yes. I guess it was verse two somewhere. It's like, in her waters deep and true, lie the answers in the path for you, dive down deep. And this idea of inviting you into the water. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's with the end, like losing, you know, original sin, just losing those things in order to be found is true, but also the inviting into the water is not only baptism, but since it's speaking of, of, of this, her, it, it, the idea of the church being mm. the bride. Yeah. So once you are baptized, you are invited into being a part of this, this mystical body that is the bride. Mm. That's something else. That, and then like the river full of memory and that idea of like the memories of the Old Testament and Adam and Eve and the reason that baptism exists. Tradition. Yeah. So. For sure. But yeah. I think, by the way, this is my favorite song. It's official? Yeah. Just because I love these type of lullabies like traditional lullabies yeah it's it's so good and she has a beautiful voice evan rachel wood yeah the lady that plays elsa's mother so so good and so after this song they kind of all fall asleep and the next scene we actually see olaf the snowman for the first time and uh, he's kind of hanging out it's fall at this point. He's just kind of laying in the sun, enjoying things. He's a lot smarter now at one point. Well, kind of. At one point, he talks, a couple of points, he talks about how he can read now. And he's just kind of like taking in all these things. And he's talking about how everything is changing so fast. And Anna comes in and, and the two of them are kind of talking about that. That leads to song number two, which is kind of the fun uppity song, which makes sense because from Frozen 1, it was the in summer i guess it's kind of your parallel in a way i feel like in summer is the parallel to his 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 solo song oh yeah that's true that's true there is a parallel to this song i just don't know what it would be yeah so they're kind of talking about this idea of change and how everything's changing there's so much that is different from frozen one thank goodness according to gordon (laughs) and this is kind of their interaction about that you want to take one i'll take the other oh sure who do you want Oh, Olaf, obviously. Okay, great. So I'll be, I'll be Anna. Here's how it goes. Yes, the wind blows a little bit colder, and we're all getting older, and the clouds are moving on with every autumn breeze. Peter Pumpkin just became fertilizer, and my leaf's a little sadder and wiser. That's why I rely on certain certainties. Yes, some things never change, like the feel of your hand and mine. Some things stay the same, like how we get along just fine. Like an old stone wall that'll never fall, some things are always true. Some things never change, like how I'm holding on tight to you. And then we have Kristoff. The leaves are already falling. Sven, it feels like the future is calling. Are you telling me tonight you're going to get down on one knee? Yeah, but I'm really bad at planning these things out, like candlelight and pulling of rings out. Maybe you should leave all the romantic stuff to me. Yeah, some things never change, like the love that I feel for her. Some things stay the same, like how reindeers are easier. But if I commit and I go for it, I know what to say and do, right? Some things never change. Sven, the pressure is all on you. And now we are to Elsa, who is embracing her role as queen at this point. The winds are restless. Could that be why I'm hearing this call? Is something coming? I'm not sure I want things to change at all. 
These days are precious. Can't let them slip away. I can't freeze this moment, but I can still go out and seize this day. Uh, <laughs> and that's the, this voice that we keep hearing over and over again. The winds blow a little colder. And this is Olaf. And you all look a little bit older. It's time to count our blessings. And then Anna and Kristoff beneath an autumn sky. And then the whole choir. We're always living in this kingdom, a plenty that stands for the good and the many. And then Elsa, and I promise you the flag of Arendelle will always fly. Our flag will always fly. Our flag will always always fly. fly. And then all together, some things never change. Turn around and the time has flown. Some things stay the same, though the future remains unknown. May our good luck last. May our past be past. Time is moving fast. It's true. Some things never change. And I'm holding on tight to you. And they all say that. That was long. It was. We should have broke that up. But it's, it's okay. alright. I mean, I think it's a general gist. It's basically you're going through the story of three different stories. There's like this Anna and Olaf situation, then Kristoff mm-hmm. and Sven, but more like Kristoff alone, and then Elsa. Yeah. For those of you who haven't seen Frozen 1 and Frozen 2, first off, you should have stopped this by now. But Kristoff voices Sven. He kind of like senses what he wants to say as a reindeer, and then... Yeah. Let's say, for those, that have, for those of you that haven't seen Frozen 1, Sven is a reindeer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You want to just kind of go through here and break up some of those points? Sure. Uh, one point that first came to mind was when you're like introing this song. Yeah. You're talking about like you notice there's a lot of things changing. For sure. And then the song of them. And I found it really fascinating because you mentioned how six months has passed and we're in the season of fall. Yeah. And I just feel like every time we have we have a podcast that's in fall, the the topics we choose and it's and or the things that we like mention in our banter in the beginning is how we're like overwhelmed. We're in this season in our lives that is just kind of hard, yeah, and challenging us and kind of like changing us by the time it comes to like now or like two months from now. Mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting because I've always I've always felt the spiritual seasons fall being one of change. Seeing the song about not changing, but as we'll get to, this movie is all about change. change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and that's kind of the point of the song is to kind of say like, yeah, some things stay the same. And when we get to the end, like there are a few things that remain. And that's uh, that's a big part we want to talk about. Yeah. And so I think the beginning is really just that idea, setting it up that some things do change. Like it's getting colder. It's autumn. Olaf has his leaf. He wants to be a friend, but dies. And then they kind of end with just like, but the one thing that stays the same is that you and I are together and like everyone we know is is still together. Yeah. And one thing I do want to point out, and maybe this is because I just gave a talk on relativism last week or a couple weeks ago, but Anna has a line that says like an old stone wall that'll never fall. Some things are always true. Some things never change. And that's, that's true. And they, they kind of make a, a joke. If, if you watch the movie, you see that as she says that one of the stones from the wall kind of falls off, but there are some things that are always true. Yeah. And and that's the idea that there is objective truth. For those of you who aren't aware, relativism is the idea that there is no objective truth. So what is true for Gordon is not necessarily true for me. You get to decide your own truth. One of the many problems with that is it's self-defeating. So if, if I say it is objectively true that there is no objective truth that defeats itself, right? Because if that's true, then it's also not true. So relativism doesn't really make sense. There has to be something that is objectively true that just is true no matter what. And as Christians, Jesus literally says, I am the truth. <laughs> so that kind of helps helps guide us there. So that was one thing that stood out to me too. And then we have Kristoff uh, and Sven, or Kristoff and then Kristoff talking for Sven. Sven, yeah. And he basically is talking about he's noticing the change too. And he knows like the future is what's next. And for him, that means proposing to Anna. Yeah. And and he doesn't know how to do it. He's really nervous, but he's going to do his best in this time and commit and go for something. Yeah. And one thing with, with him, he's always had an easier time hanging out with reindeer mm-hmm. than with people. Mm-hmm. And so... He talks about how that's a challenge for him, too. And then we move over to Elsa, who, like I said, now she's embracing this role as queen. She has been queen for about six months-ish now. She's gone through a lot during that time. Even in the the first movie, we see some of the stuff she's gone through. And now she's hearing this voice, and no one else hears it. And even in this song, Gordon did the... "Ah." But that's the... She keeps hearing this, and no one else can hear it but her. And... 
she calls it this call is what she says in this song. The winds are restless. Could that be why I'm hearing this call? Is something coming? I'm not sure I want things to change because these days are so precious. I can't let them slip away, but I can't freeze this moment. And so this is kind of her, I want things to stay the way they are, but I can tell things are changing and I'm being called somewhere. And not long after this, she even says, I don't feel like this role as queen here in Arendelle is where I belong. I feel like there's something I'm being called to. And she's fighting the sequel in yeah. this song. Yeah. Yeah. And then Anna has the, the line, it's time to count our blessings, which is so appropriate coming after Thanksgiving here. And one line that the whole kind of town sings, we're always living in kingdom of plenty that stands for the good and the many. And Arendelle is this very wealthy, like picture perfect, like European castle city right? And they have everything they need, especially under Elsa's rule, like things are good. Very, very good. Everyone's happy. And they have whatever they, they need. But this idea of a kingdom a plenty is also a, a Christian imagery as well uh, for the kingdom of heaven and the, the kingdom of the church here on earth. So I don't know if there's, there's much to that, but you look like you have something. Yeah, well, something that I think following that is the lines from Anna and Elsa, and then everyone, Yeah, the flag of Arendelle will always fly. Yeah, And so oh, they're yeah. saying, like, we stand for this kingdom that stands for this, and the flag will always fly. And it's ironic that it comes right after Elsa saying, I feel like I'm called to something else. Mm-hmm. And there's this calling. And I think we have this issue in our own journeys, where when it comes to time for change, the hardest part is leaving the thing you're, you've done, or leaving this thing you've set up, because we we think that that is like our footprint. Yeah. But in retrospect, like it's not like of you. You created this thing and that thing will live on without you. But it was, it's like your role in it is, is, is vital in that moment. God, God or something called you into that for six months to 12 months to so many years and then moved on because it's now it's time for someone else to come in and grow and and adapt and better what what you what you've created yeah um, and i think that's powerful here because it's not like elsa is the queen but she's just making sure that this kingdom is standing for the good and the many and now it's time for her to move on and even if she's gone there's going to be a kingdom that stands for the good and the many and the flag will fly right yeah one of my best friends uh chelsea told me one time that following God's will is like being a leaf as it kind of like blows in the wind. Like one second you're going one direction, the next second you'd be going somewhere completely else, but you have to be ready to make that change. Um, and I think that's an analogy that really stuck with me. But I also think this is something going off of the way you're describing that that's really helpful for us right now in this time of crisis in the church where there is so much just chaos and many people are leaving the church because they're angry with the scandal and everything else that's going on. And I I get the anger. Uh, I think everyone understands the anger, uh, and that is just, that's understandable. But also, Jesus, when he founded the church on Peter, said the gates of hell will not prevail against this church. And we have to take Christ at his word, saying that he will protect this church no matter what, even if it gets run into the ground by those in, in power or in positions. He's going to protect us and the Spirit's going to guide that. So uh, that's what I see when the flag will always fly. The church, this being the the kingdom of plenty, will Mm -hmm. always be present. Yeah. And then uh, we have kind of this outro here. And then the last thing that I wanted to point out from this song is the last line, which each of them sing. And I'm holding on tight to you. So Anna sings it, then Elsa sings it, then Olaf sings it, then Kristoff sings it, and then Anna sings it again. I'm holding on tight to you. And I think that is huge for the rest of the movie because we see that they are holding on to things that are keeping them back from doing what they need to do. And so I think we'll talk about that in a little bit. So I don't want to go in too much to that, but just keep that in mind. Any other thoughts from this one? No. Awesome. So after this, they, they have a little bit of character development. I mean, they're playing like family games. They're playing charades and stuff. And it's a fun scene, but... I didn't have anything from that that I wanted to talk about specifically. The next thing I actually wanted to talk about was the next song, right. actually, yep. which is so powerful. Yeah. Like, it is absolutely just, like, mind-blowing. It's the new Let It Go. I disagree. In in the way that she sings, yes, but in the meaning 
No. Not in the meaning. I just mean like Let It Go was the single of Frozen 1. Yeah. I think this is definitely going to be the song of Frozen 2. I think there's two songs that connect with Let It Go for two different reasons, and I'll get to the other one later. But yes, this is like the one that Idina Menzel, who plays Elsa, is kind of like known for for this one yes. already. So this is all about her hearing that voice. And so the whole beginning to this song is just that <laughs> that voice singing those few notes over and over and over again and let's go and start with uh, the first verse so she says i can hear you but i won't some look for trouble while others don't there's a thousand reasons i should go about my day and ignore your whispers which i wish would go away and then we hear that sound again, the, the voice. And she says, you're not a voice. You're just a ringing in my ear. And if I heard you, which I don't, I'm spoken for, I fear. Everyone I've ever loved is here within these walls. I'm sorry, secret siren, but I'm blocking out your calls. I've had my adventure. I don't need something new. I'm afraid of what I'm risking if I follow you. Can we just stop there and discuss well, I think that? you should say the next line. The next line is the title of the song, Into the Unknown, which uh, is sung three times, and then we have that same yeah, yeah, yeah. voice. Yeah. Into the Unknown. This is obviously what I was speaking of when I said this is a Moana tale. Yeah. Because she she is discerning a, a, a call in everything, in physical aspect, in her heart, in her mind. She can hear it, but she does, she's choosing not to. She thinks there's danger and trouble if she was to follow it. And so she's not trying to look for into trouble. She can think of like a million excuses. She says reasons, but excuses yeah. to, to, to ignore them and wish they can go away. She doesn't call her a voice, but like a ringing, which means like a nu- nu- nuisance and like annoying. And she says, if I heard you, which I don't. So now she's lying to herself. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, she keeps coming with different excuses, whether it's to the thing itself or to her own self. She's unspoken for. And that is as Queen of Arendelle, which yeah. we've already said is not of her. Well, yeah, that is her thing that she's holding on to. Right. That's what she's holding on to tight. Yeah. Yes. And she's like, everyone I love is here. I have everything here. And if I leave and what this is is not what I think it is, then I've, I've risked everything and failed. And it's gone. Yeah. It, it's a vocation story where you're not willing to take the, the leap. Because it's into the into unknown. The unknown. Yeah. And this movie... In general, this is one of the main themes I want to talk about, is a vocation story for every single character. Yeah. And it's so, so good. And this is, I think, one of the first points where we really, really see that. And I think her call, in a way, is kind of a mere opposite of the call of Samuel in Scripture, where we have this voice that that he hears that wakes him up at night, which she's woken up multiple times from more, yeah. from this this voice calling out to her and samuel wakes up and he goes to eli and he's like here i am master like you called me and he's like i yeah, haven't called no, I you no i didn't and he like sends him back to bed three times and then the third time eli's like it's not me that's calling you it's god go talk to him and rather than doing that elsa is kind of doing the opposite here at least in, in the beginning of this song it, we'll see what happens next but in, in the first part she's just like i don't i hear you but i don't want to have anything to do with that Whereas Samuel was like, here I am, Lord. I am listening. And so we, we see these opposite reactions to that. And I think that's understandable. Anyone who has like ever actually done discernment realizes oh, yeah. that it's terrifying. Just the whole for two verses is like real dialogue. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things I love so much about this movie is it's so much more authentic than the first one. The first one just seems kind of shallow in some places. Thank you. Um, but it, I didn't say this one wasn't better. You do like this one better. I do like this one better. And I'm saying thank you. Oh, I know. Okay. I'm just saying thank you. Okay. Because it's the reason that the movie first movie is so shallow is why it sucks. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I don't think it's awful, but let's go ahead and keep moving. So verse three, she says, what do you want? Because you've been keeping me awake. Are you here to distract me so I make a big mistake? Or are you someone out there who's a little bit like me? Who knows deep down, I'm not where I'm meant to be. Bingo! I want to stop right there. All right. Just because this verse is a total change from verse 1 and 2. First 1 and 2 are excuses to... first. First Verse 1 is excuses to the voice itself. Yeah. Verse 2 is excuses to her own self. Now, 
she's asking it questions mm-hmm. now she's like digging this is the transition yeah like she's not is, fully on board she says but... what do you want like wait a minute before yeah. i choose say no even though i already said it what do you want is it this or is it this and if she actually takes the time to hear a response then she has to make a decision mm-hmm. beyond what she thinks she's already made yeah and i mean we have the pre-chorus here real quick it says every day is a little harder as i feel my power grow don't you know there's a part of me that longs to go into the unknown and then we hear that voice and so like you just said if she pauses to listen to those questions the answers to those questions and she hears that voice again uh there's a part of me that desires to go and that's so real we talked at the beginning about the the desire for adventure and that's the whole point of this show that's why we say welcome to the adventure every single episode because we are being called on this adventure whether we want to admit it or not there's a desire in every human heart to be a part of some great adventure i mean it's it's the whole like bilbo like gandalf pulling bilbo out of his his house right we desire that and this is her knowing that she's not meant to be here and part of her wants to go to whatever this thing is that's calling her and then we hear that voice about a billion times, uh, singing those same same lines it's really cool, over like again. Magic show battle, yeah, one trying to one up each other. Yeah, and her powers are just like insane at this point. Super cool. And she says, "Are you out there? Do you know me? Can you feel me? Can you show me?" And now it's there's still those questions being being asked, and it's becoming more personal. Are you out there? Do you know me? Can you feel me? Can you show me? And it's something where she knows that. If this is the calling, it's something that will will know her in, in an intimate way that we desire. Then we get to the outro. This is the last part. Where are you going? Don't leave me alone. How do I follow you into the unknown? And so we see this complete transformation throughout this song. A transformation. <laughs> That's a key word in the movie. Yeah. We see this complete transformation from I don't want to have anything to do with you. Please leave me alone to how do I follow you? And this is one of the biggest parts of the the whole movie i think as far as that yeah and from there we start to see those four spirits are attacking arendelle in a way would you call it attacking uh based on the perspective of arendelle currently yes yeah so it appears that the spirits are attacking arendelle yeah so one spirit at a time comes there's there's wind there's fire there's water The wind is pushing everyone the fire is putting out all the lights yeah the earth is like updoing the rocks, kind of enhancing the wind, pushing people. Yeah. And everyone's being pushed out of the city. They have to flee their homes and into the And mountains. all the water dries up. So they, if they tried to stay there, they wouldn't have anything to stay No water, there. yeah. So they are forced out. And yeah. they're like, what's going on? And they're trying to figure this out. And Anna says to Elsa, like, we have to stay together. Whatever happens, we have to stay together. And I don't even remember how this comes up, but I have this. You know, Elsa, at this point, when you see that, Elsa... No, I mean, Anna is holding tight to Elsa. Yeah. Because of yes, because you. of Frozen 1. Mm-hmm. Because of Frozen 1 and what happened and like, you know, the freezing of Elsa and all that stuff. Anna's like, look, obviously we figured everything out in the first movie together. So that's how this movie has to go. We have to stay. If we don't stay together, then you're going to get into some trouble or I'm going to get into some trouble. And everything's going to like, just because you have powers doesn't mean you're better than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't remember how this line comes up, and I don't even remember who says it, but I put it in my notes. I took this in the movie theater, so I try to keep the notes pretty simple. But it says, when are you going to see yourself the way that I do? And I know it's one of the sisters says it to the Anna other. says it to Elsa. That's what I thought. So she says it to Elsa, and I mean, that's... I mean, people say that to each other. That's, that's really powerful. We hear that from, from God, too. Like, why can't you just see yourself the way that I see you? And that's something that's really difficult. We talk about that on here occasionally, just... Our image of ourself is always so much harsher than what others see of us. Yeah, and I, I think that's part of the reason we beat ourselves up so much and we've isolated ourselves so much from each other in healthy relationships where we fail to see our worth sometimes. And that's where a lot of mental health issues kind of mm-hmm. come in. Yeah. So after that, the trolls from the first movie, and I mean, the trolls are awesome, but they kind of just like roll in. And the leader of the trolls, I don't even know his name, but he's like the troll king. These are the guys that actually raised Kristoff. Yeah. Probably only cool story part from the first movie. First one. So they raised Kristoff. So they're, they're kind of familiar characters already. And the troll king has magic 
of, of his own. And so he says, let's find out what's happening. And so he does his little magic thing and the magic portrays kind of like what needs to be done essentially. And this is what he says. The truth must be found without it. There's no future. When the future cannot be found, the next thing to do is the right thing. Mm-hmm. And then immediately after that, as they say, they're going to go figure out what the truth is. He says he's going to pray for them. He's going to pray to the, the spirits to try and figure out what's going on. And so I think it's cool, first off, that he even just mentions prayer to these spirits. It's something that we typically don't see in a secular movie. But then this line, that, that whole kind of conversation there is huge. So say it one more time. The truth must be found. Without it, there is no future. When the future cannot be found, the next thing to do is the right thing. So what do you think about that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, truth would be God. Yeah. So you have to find that. Without it, there's no future, which makes sense. Because without finding that truth, which would be of God, there is no possibility to hopefully obtain heaven. And if you can't find it, you just try to do the next right thing. And I think that's really important, actually, we're talking about discernment in the vocational call. Because a lot of people are like searching for truth so much that they get stuck in this movement, stuck in this decision. Mm -hmm. I think we talked about this when the first episode I did solo on with you, not solo, but you know what I mean? That you learned. And there's just an idea of just doing something that you were like, okay, this is it because like I'm more passionate about this or this makes me more full alive. And in doing so, then finding the truth. Like the truth lies just behind the next action rather than finding the truth before acting. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's what I thought of when I heard this as well. And that line comes up again later. That's why I said it's so significant. So we will be talking about it later on. But there's this thing with discernment where if you don't know what to do, and Father Mike talks about this too, the best thing to do is to do the right thing in the moment that's presented to you. If you can do the right thing in the small things, God will make known to you what your vocation is in the big things too. But vocation always starts with doing the right thing in the small things. So after that, they decide to go on this trip up north to figure out what is the truth of this story that they heard as kids. And as they're walking, they get to the forest and Olaf is kind of just like giving all of these fun facts as they go. Actually, before we get there, keep in mind, uh, I don't think we ever mentioned this, but Kristoff, no, we did. Kristoff wants to propose to Anna. Yeah. He's been trying to this whole time, but he's so bad at it bad he's just like so unconfident and he just keeps messing it up and feels really awkward and so he keeps pushing it off and pushing it off so one of the things that olaf says he says did you know that an enchanted forest is a place of transformation i have no idea what that means but i can't wait to see what it does to each one of us and as stupid and funny as that's that's no that's that's a brilliant line i know and it's so true because they each have this transformation and since i brought up Kristoff, that is the thing that he's holding on to it's it's anna yeah and the way that he sees that relationship uh, we'll talk about this in a little bit but he feels completely just alone without her and now that things are kind of like weird where he can't propose he feels so disconnected and and alone the next thing that Olaf kind of throws out as a fun fact is, did you know water has memory? And that's something that keeps coming up as well. This idea that water holds memories of things. So the next thing, they go into this this forest and they're actually able to go in. No one's been able to for over 34 years, but Elsa with her powers is able to open up the way into the forest and break through the magical mist. And they come across the Northolder people as well as the soldiers who remained there for the last 30-some years from Arendelle. So both kingdoms kind of have been living in kind of competition. They they dislike each other, but they mistrust each other because of that uh, fight that happened long ago. They learn in this because Elsa uses her, her like freezing power to bring back the memories of that place. Yeah. So how Olaf was saying, water has memory. Well, ice is just frozen water. So Elsa uses that to rebuild the past, essentially, and see what has been happening, which is super cool how she does that throughout the movie. And one of the things she finds is her father and the person who rescued her, who they soon learn was her mother. Yeah. Predictable, but super cool. So they find out their mother was Northoldra. She was from this kingdom the whole time. This is where they met. And the leader from the Northoldra people 
one of the things they say that seems super casual, but she says, we are the people of the sun. And I thought that was something that was important because so often Christ is pictured as the light and as the sun, not just as like S-O-N, but S-U-N as well. And we even have an adoration. The, the monstrance is depicted as a sun, right? To show the radiate, like the radiating, radiating light of, of Christ. Yeah. Uh, so I just thought that was kind of a, a cool throwaway line that was in there. Yeah. And based on like, like I said, they don't harness powers of the spirits, but they just the idea of who they are and living in this world of all the elements those elements themselves don't exist without the sun Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things of like they recognize the source and summit yeah for sure they they meet with these north uldra and for a moment there's this this piece right and they meet the fire spirit which is actually just a lizard and there's this scene with with olaf kind of getting lost but it's not super important to this so we're gonna go ahead and skip that song and elsa is talking with one of the north uldra girls who explains that there is a fifth spirit and they think that that's the voice that they've been hearing or that Elsa's been hearing. And this girl explains that the fifth spirit is the bridge between the magic of nature and ourselves. And so it's the one thing that'll kind of bring peace or harmony to all of this. And so they decide that is what they're looking for. They're looking for this fifth spirit and they need to find it as soon as possible before more damage is done. I always hate looking up number meetings because of numerology or whatever what's it called what's the star things astrology yeah what's that called horoscopes oh. so there's like this thing of like horoscopes with numbers and i so i don't want to quote, quote the one thing on such a quick google search but one of the things i found was the number five fifth spirit usually indicates something someone who is full of energy uh, but unable to channel it responsibly mm-hmm. this number brings adaptability and independence of thought and action and then another one that I found, which does say Bible and prophetically, so maybe this is better. Number five means balance. That fits really well. Especially considering who the fifth spirit is. Yeah, exactly. Which we will get to way, way later. <laughs> Not for you. Okay, so the next thing is, because Elsa keeps wanting to go further and go further to find the spirit and to answer this voice, she keeps kind of going out on her own and Anna, because she's attached to Elsa in that relationship, she gets really angry with Elsa and feels like Elsa's leaving her behind, which in a way she actually is, and eventually she does, because the call in the end has to be for ourselves. Others can only go with us on our our call so far before we have to... Our our vocation is for ourselves. We don't share that Hmm. vocation with others necessarily. And so at some point, we do need to finish that journey on our own if that makes sense that does make sense i don't know if i'm wording that properly no 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 no. vocations are for how we serve others but the vocation is for ourself no yeah that what you're saying makes perfect sense okay the reason i was like huh is because i think that's really challenging to hear especially as a viewer of the movie because when you watch the movie i maybe you disagreed because you're watching the lens of this podcast Mm -hmm. but as like a casual viewer i think you you'd want to side with anna oh yeah like you want to side with like yes Elsa you're being like rash and you're mm-hmm. you're not thinking things through, but now that you speak of say it that way it sounds like you know my parents when I joined a door it sounds like everyone who sees what you're choosing to do and like are you sure we should we should talk it's a big decision yeah you're going too fast just right Let's, stay with us like we'll ease into this yeah and so it's a real interesting it's it is it's a challenge to like watch the movie and side with Anna and then realize no. What Elsa is doing is right. Mm-hmm. What Elsa is doing is is her story, not Anna. Yeah. Because we will learn Anna has her own story in this. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens. So in this conversation, she says, the goal is to find the voice, to find the truth, and to get home. And that is Anna's goal. And you that Elsa's? No, that's Anna's goal. Oh, right. Because Elsa's goal is to answer the call at this point. Yeah, that's right. She is whatever's happening and you see there's a visible change in Elsa like she has her composure has changed mm-hmm. and she seems i don't want to say solemn content i think content in the search yeah i mean she's seen agree? that way I, I she's seen that way in the movie like i mean not in the movie and like since we've started this podcast from the beginning of the movie she really seemed that way i mean she seemed more like 
searching and heartbroken at first, like in the opening scene, especially when they're playing charades. Yeah. But ever since the end of Into the Unknown to now, right? Yeah, yeah her demeanor exactly. has changed. Yeah, because she has found her her goal, right? Which is she's just, found her path. Yeah, she's not yet found the goal. Well, she understands like what she's pursuing. Yes, that's what I'm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have this argument, right? And eventually those two decide to go off and to keep going to find this fifth spirit. And they're separated from Kristoff uh, and Sven because Kristoff was preparing this big elaborate proposal and got separated. And he actually ends up proposing to the elderly leader of the Northoldra people. So yikes. Uh, <laughs> and this next song is actually a kind of continuation of a song from the first movie. It's called Reindeers Are Better Than People. And in the first movie, it's Kristoff singing to Sven, but he's voicing Sven's character and they're having a conversation back. In this one, Sven actually answers himself. Like, it's yeah. kind of a cutscene. Yeah. I mean, it's in... You would learn and you would know as you watch. It's in Kristoff's head. Right, yeah. But yes, Sven actually speaks. Yeah, so there's two songs that kind of go back to back. So the first one we'll, we'll do really quickly. This is Reindeers Are Better Than People. So Reindeers Are Better Than People. Sven, why is love so hard? At this point, Anna had just run off. Yeah. She went off to chase Elsa. Mm-hmm. He thinks that Elsa and Anna just left him forgetting that he was a part of this journey. Right. I mean, there's been tension between the two of them as he's been trying to propose and Anna's been trying to do her mission. Yeah. And so it seems like their relationship's like in turmoil right now, but it's not. It's just perspective. Right. And then Sven, on his own, replies, you feel what you feel and those feelings are real. Come on, Kristoff. Let down your guard. And... As simple as this is, this is actually huge because, again, this is his attachment. It's that relationship where he feels like he is nothing without her. And in this next song, we'll see that. But this actually, it made me think of um, Thomas Aquinas a little bit. So Thomas Aquinas talks about emotions and their kind of place in our spirituality. Because emotions, there's this idea nowadays, especially in more traditional groups within the church, that emotions are like a bad thing because mm. of the charismatic movement. Yeah. And so more traditional people are like, oh, charismatic, evil, so emotions are bad. Emotions are not bad. Emotions are if, if they were bad, God would not have created us with emotions. Emotions are supposed to guide us and help us understand when something is good or bad. And this is what Thomas Aquinas talks about in the Summa Theologiae. I l- had to look it up because I didn't remember where it was, but it's the, the prime secundae partis of the, the Summa questions 22 and 23 so if you want to look that up you can but essentially he says that they are the passions of the soul right and so these are the things that help us to understand when something is is good or bad and he has these different divisions of how he kind of separates them so i'm not going to go into all of them he has like 11 different like primary emotions that all other emotions are kind of a part of and so the the first division the first six are called the concupiscible Wow, that's hard to say. And those refer to like the desire of an object itself. So for example, those emotions are love, hate, desire, aversion, pleasure, pain, right? So the things that we get immediately from an object or a thing. And then the other ones are the irascible emotions. So those are hope, despair, fear, daring, and anger. So those are emotions that we get from whatever happened with that thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Those are just kind of the main six. And so all those things are supposed to teach us this thing is good or Mm -hmm. this thing is bad or this event is good, this event is bad. Yeah. And we're supposed to learn from that. The issue with emotions doesn't come in until we allow our emotions to control us because we as people are first and foremost rational beings. And so when we let our reason be controlled by our emotions rather than the other way around, that's where we have issues. But it's the whole like know thyself. And when you you know yourself and you allow reason to kind of keep your emotions in check, that's healthy. That's that's good. And that's yeah. necessary. And that's a huge part of discernment. Yeah. When you can control, uh, not control, but like keep those things in check and use those emotions to help guide you. Yeah. I think that's great. <laughs> One of the articles I looked up actually used that as the movie Inside Out and how in the movie Inside Out, they find balance in the end. 
And that emotional balance is like what you're looking for. Inside Out is actually a big reason Chris doesn't like this movie. Really? Yeah. What? Why is Chris so angry? (laughs) Email us. Reach out to us why you think Chris is so angry. Yes. Let us know. Except for you, Chris. It's going to be a month before you get to this episode anyways. So, like I said, right after that song, we lead into the very next song. It's it's an immediate transition. This is one of our favorites. It's kind of like, I I think it's like an 80s power ballad, like Brian Adams kind of like love song. Yeah. I mean, they rip off a bunch from a bunch. I think it's like that. But then there's like clips from like actual Queen music videos when they're like stacked around. Oh, really? That's from like a Queen music video and like album cover. I didn't put that together. Yeah. It's just, it's just an 80s. Yeah. Power ballad. ballad. Exactly. Uh, it's fantastic, a lot of fun, and it's all in his imagination. And the the whole chorus for this one is the reindeer. Yeah, and he sings this as soon as Sven says, let down your guard. Yeah. And so here's how it goes. So verse one, again, you're gone off on a different path than mine. I'm left behind wondering if I should follow. You had to go. And of course, it's always fine. I probably could catch up with you tomorrow. Gosh, this is so hard to like not sing it. I know. All <laughs> these songs are like that. I know. Uh, and then the, the pre-chorus goes like this. But is this what it feels like to be growing apart? When did I become the one who's always chasing your heart? Now I turn around and find I am lost in the woods. North is south. Right is left. When you're gone. I'm the one who sees you home. But now I'm lost in the woods. And I don't know what path you are on. I'm lost in the woods. Such a fun song. Yeah. So this is kind of this idea of just like, we see his attachment to her Mm -hmm. kind of coming to fruition and we're seeing what it's doing to him. And the thing I want to point out is these attachments, none of them are bad. Yeah. So like Elsa being queen and wanting to protect her kingdom, that is a good thing. Anna wanting to, be with her sister and protect that relationship and protect one another. That is good. Mm -hmm. Kristoff's desire to be with Anna and to love her. That is good. But we can, we talk about on the show a lot of the times how we put our identity into things that are bad and that consumes us and like makes us less ourself. We can also do that with good things. And I think that's what's happening here is they're taking these good things and they're allowing them to control them in a way that's unhealthy. Yeah. Agree? Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that's something that, that we often forget because a lot of times we're like, oh yeah, obviously I shouldn't be doing, uh, like shooting people, right? Or I shouldn't be addicted to pornography or drinking, right? Like those are things we know. But what we don't realize is how easy it is to be, I don't want to say addicted, but to be attached to good things. Yeah. And that can be just as damaging to our spiritual life. No, what I was going, what I was thinking, just rereading these lyrics, is that this song is one of two things. This song is what it's like when you feel far from Christ and like actual love, mm-hmm. like when you feel lost and you don't know what direction to go in because for whatever reason. But like when you're actually tr- like if you're singing, if this song, what you're singing about is god and the god's love mm-hmm. and you just can't feel it or notice it then this is what that song is about but more than likely than not this song is about when you finally get rid of that vice and you realize your desires for god's love and like this is what it feels like you yeah. realize like what you should be desiring and you just let go of the thing you were clinging to and now you just feel lost and you don't know where to go your right is now left because you're just so turned around because yeah. of what you were stuck you're, you're to. You're lost was. in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I see what you're saying with like this, if you sing this in the perspective of talking about like missing God, but the only issue like I have with that is God doesn't actually leave us. And so it's more, it would have to be more of a perception of like, Oh God, right. you have forsaken me rather than a reality where God hasn't forsaken you, but you feel like he has. Yeah. So the next part here, this is verse number two. Up till now, the next step was a question of how. I never thought it was a question of whether. Who am I if I'm not your guy? Where am I if we're not together forever? Forever. Now I know you're my true north because I am lost in the woods. Up is down, day is night. When you're not there, 
Oh, you're my only landmark, so I'm lost in the woods, wondering if you still care. But I'll wait for a sign that I'm your path, because you are mine. Till then, I'm lost in the woods. And the outro is basically just lost in the woods over and over again. And I think this is where we really see that attachment, because like you said, if we put God in that perspective, that would be properly ordered attachment, right? right. Attachment to God where... Yeah. You're my only landmark. You are my true north, right? And that's actually, it's a, oh my gosh, this is perfect. I didn't think about this. True north is like a vocation term mm-hmm. in, in the church mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. like true north is where God is calling you with the way that brings you closest to, to God. And so anything where that idea is being put on anything other than God is a, a false attachment. So, so, We have a lot more to talk about, but what we're going to end up doing is the rest of this episode is going to be recorded for patrons only. If you're interested in checking out the rest of what we have to say, you can become a patron at patreon.com backslash the Christ and culture. And I would recommend it. Uh, (laughs) We have a lot more stuff to go. We have interviews that we do with all of our guests. We have bonus materials. We have stickers. We have mugs, all that stuff for you guys if you become patrons and support what we're doing here so we can make things better. So please consider that and you can have access to the rest of this episode. Before we wrap things up, do we have a challenge? I got one to start. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think we've done this before, but recognize what are the attachments in your life? And Try not to focus on like negative things this time because we talk about that a lot. Try and figure out are there any like good things in your life that you can't live without, right? And that's an easy way to to figure out what those things are. What if I lost something? What would be the most devastating to me? Would I be able to go on, right? And hopefully, you should be able to lose anything. Like that's what we're called to to be able to let anything go. And obviously, because we're all broken humans, that's not. Uh, necessarily the reality of it but yeah so what are those things and then once you've recognized them try going without that thing maybe for just a day or three days or a week whatever and especially in this time of advent it's really important that we learn to do that do you have any other challenges i do have one this might look different depending on where you're at but to kind of sit down whether it's just on your own, like with with piece of paper and pen or in prayer, but just sit down and kind of acknowledge what are those voices or those things that are drawing you into something, mm. and 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 even like what are, and this can be a hard answer, a hard question to answer sometimes. What are the talents and the gifts that you've been given, whether it's physically or personality wise, and what is something or what are the one of those voices that you just feel like because of these gifts, because of these talents, because of where I'm at in this stage of life, this is where it kind of seems like it's pointing and kind of narrow that down. Maybe, maybe you've already been sitting with that and you've already had this like arrow. And if that's where you're at, then maybe challenge yourself to somehow take the next step, whether that's research, studying or talking to someone or actually doing something if you're not there, if you're like, I haven't had actually sat down with this, then just sit down and write it out. I would I would challenge you to journal your talents and gifts. I would challenge you to journal where different voices in your own life that have called you into one thing or another. And what's what are those are of beauty and truth? And what are those are things you need to like cut, cut out or yeah. not pursue? Yeah. And kind of going along with that, this is, I guess, maybe like a 2.1. Pursue your vocation. Yeah, And that's going to look different for everyone, obviously, because we have different vocations. And some of us are going to be within our permanent vocation. So if you are married or a priest or religious or consecrated single, you're in a permanent vocation, which you have taken a, a vow to. And so maybe this week, just invest in that in a way that you haven't been or kind of recommit yourself to that. And for the rest of us who haven't, and we're still in uh, maybe transitional vocations where we haven't taken a vow yet, discern that or... or Maybe if you're engaged like Gordon, where you're in that process where you are very, very close to entering into that permanent vocation, less than a month away, right? Uh, not quite. 
31 days. Yeah, 30 month, month yeah, this week. About a month. Where recommit yourself to that too. Where Wherever you are in your discernment and within your vocation, recommit yourself to that and, and pursue that. Want to do some shout outs real quick? Sure. I would shout out Trent, who's actually a patron, yeah. um, and Rachel, because it is actually them that offered to invite me and Lizzie with their nieces to see this movie. They bought the awesome. tickets and all this stuff. And if it wasn't for them, I probably wouldn't. Well, actually, I would have seen this movie because it looked good in the trailers. But just I wouldn't have seen it so soon. And we probably wouldn't be recording this podcast. Yeah, for sure. So just shout out to Trent and Rachel. Yeah, thank you guys. And I mean, shout out to Rachel and also Lizzie's other sister, Julie, because they threw a bridal shower for us. Hmm. Wedding shower, Wedding whatever shower. you call it. I'm just terrible with these terms and things. I've only done this once. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so they threw one that was themed as the office and it was a lot of fun. And I had to work, so I missed it. Oh, well. Anyone else? No. Great. I have two really quick ones. So I mentioned her before, but Annie, she has been bouncing ideas off of me for this ever since she watched it like a week or two ago and or whenever it came out, she saw it like right away. And I finally saw it, and all today at work, we've just been kind of throwing ideas back and forth. So shout out to Annie. And the other one is a parent who kind of came into, kind of coming back into the church, and her, her son just kind of joined my program, Michelle West. Shout out to her. She said that she's been checking it out, too. So kind of cool to hear that uh, the parents in the ministry are checking it out. So that's what I got. I just remembered Ethan Berger. Yeah, Ethan. I know I've shouted him out a few times. He's a cool guy. But... I don't know who he listens, but I also just forget when he listens. And this past episode that came out, he texted me the day it came out to talk about like the outro conversation on the same day. It was oh, like yeah. Saturday like, at like five. Week, yeah. And he was like, this outro, I loved it. And so it's just, it's really special to hear. Like, I don't know if he was just, you know, he could have just like checked it, but it, it just makes me think like someone was like waiting for Saturday yeah. to listen to our podcast. And that blows my mind. That's so cool. So thanks. Yeah. And we, we love to hear from you guys, so keep reaching out, all of you who, who do. We really appreciate you, and we do pray for you, so yes. please pray for us. With that, this is super long, and we got to keep recording for those those patrons. So again, if you want to access that Patreon content, become a patron at patreon.com backslash the Christian culture. Check out our website. There's a lot of good stuff on there. It's just the Christian and be sure to follow us on Twitter at on the adventure, YouTube and Facebook, the Christian culture, and we'll see you guys next week. Yep. Have a blessed Advent. Bye. Bye. What's your favorite song? Off the album? Yeah. It's a good question. Um, quite possibly lost in the woods just because of the genre like mm-hmm. that's more of my genre it's tough um i would say either all is found or like the next right thing now wait a minute was so not lost in the woods whoops no i mean lost in the woods but <laughs> <laughs> that, that was just implied <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone knows lost in the woods all is found is solid big fan all right what's your favorite song rangers are better than people mm, no but i did like it and i think it is good i think it's cool that they brought it back lost in the woods is amazing all is found is one of the perfect lullaby songs some things never change it's just like that fun uppity one i don't know i think they each, each they're all so own, different of their own thing yeah. they're so different some things never change <laughs>